0: Scintillate. fighter kip and with me is uh mortal kombat steph hey steph what's up
1: hi yeah how's it going
0: uh good how's it going for you
1: oh you know living the uh the uh superhero dream over here
0: yeah uh i'm living the bad opening dream where i'm like mortal kombat street fighter that was lame for me i was gonna say uh,
1: but... <laughs> i don't know i kind of dug it
0: yeah but um you're going to come ride with me this is our Book Club Podcast. As you might know, we are a show that uh alternates uh between the weeks. So on every other week you get uh the book club, which is us looking at a, a series in a kind of condensed format to like get through it in like three or four months. And uh this book club is uh with uh me, Steph, and David, who is out sick today, um, looking at Choco Sentai Choco Sensei Choco Change changer on <laughs> somebody uh similar but very different words but yeah um because um we don't have david uh we're cutting this a little short just to not hit what might be the macro moment that uh we talked a lot about last time so we don't want to like get <laughs> to what like what, what, yeah what, like the big thing in the show potentially without david here but yeah um so we're just doing episode seven through nine i think next time we'll do five or six episodes um but we'll put that out there just kind of uh spend some more time there but uh with that um we talked there's not much uh really looking at right now to super uh entrance us so let's uh, get into some uh more interesting context on changer on um so first um uh, Steph just in case there's somebody who's uh, not following along or is uh, starting here how do you describe uh what the book club does and uh what changer on is
1: uh i would say that we're a group of modern-day philosophers, if anything.
0: You don't even know.
1: We just sit here with our hipster mustaches and our hipster coffee, and we give you what you need to know about the wild and wacky world of Changeron, and I, you cannot in any way understand... How deeply I mean wild and wacky world of Change run <laughs> Because this show is one episode to the next, a continuous just circus, and I I'm here for it.
0: You don't even know how right you are, Steph, because I have uh some points of philosophy to talk about today, but um first, let's talk about the first one. Um and that is um, know how uh, when the monsters of the show uh, Dark side, um try to eat people, they want their alarm. Yes. So I have done some research to what the heck alarm is, and the answer is a little more complicated because they mean life energy. But I tried to like look at the loot, like what the word was, and the answer was there's kind of no alarm word, but there is alarm like a lot of entomology with the word larm
1: okay
0: so when you j- just search larm you get like a lot of alarm and that kind of stuff um but so you do however get to um words like larma which um mean things in like um Robadian tears and now tears comes up a lot when you look at larm larm with an umlaut, mm-hmm. larme larmo larma i was like okay tears make sense like life energy tears like emotion right but then you also see like a lot of um examples where like in like german or like hungarian it's like oh larm larme larma means something like the noise humans make like the mixed up buzz of like human sound so that was my little uh dive into what this word meant and i guess it's like a mixture of like the sound of humans like what humans are their noise and like their tears and like their emotions, which is like what it was implied the whole time, I guess, but so it was like cool to like look in and see like, oh, here's where they got this word, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And I was actually pretty curious about that myself. So I'm glad I I was really thinking like, I must have missed that like in the uh last set of episodes that we watched. So I'm glad that you looked that up. So I don't have to uh, feel silly for asking.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a rabbit hole, but a lot of different languages have like some form of larm, larmin, larma, whatever. Um, so it's just like it's noise. Sometimes it's noise. Sometimes it's people. So it's kind of like a it fits as far as just like a word to pull. But there's a lot of uh weird <laughs> pulling of other academic stuff of the show. Um, so it, it fits like they choose a weird word like that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Because <laughs> honestly, uh, part of my thesis on this show is that this is like a young work like a young team <laughs> who's trying to like bring in a lot of stuff to it you know
1: yeah kind of like someone gave like a um maybe like a 15 year old a bit of a budget and just told him to go wild
0: i need to see how old is the screenwriter in a way um so he's 62 so 26 years ago he'd be 36 so not that young actually but so um <laughs> there's just something about like picking words and stuff like this that is very funny to me but um there's a another point to that like as we get in but first I want to like talk about some of the episodes though um in first episode seven in idle me <laughs> <laughs> we've dealt with this before steph uh
1: <laughs> it was exactly what i expected it to be honestly
0: uh So an idol gets got and her manager goes to to see Akira to like get it solved because he's a a detective. And the most uh, likely thing in the world happens, which is that he sees the Kami and is like, oh, but like also, (laughs) unlike a lot of times happens in fiction, she's looking good. She got those like shorts up and I'm like, okay, (laughs) but she gets drafted to be an idol at this point were you ready stuff
1: it uh <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i just <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> i um did kiva have
0: an idol episode because i know deno did
1: um
0: maybe I, I don't know
1: i no, but didn't wasn't no the movie wasn't a musical the movie for it? kiva
0: there was an idol yeah you're right
1: Uh huh. okay that's what i was thinking
0: remember like they were barely in the movie but they were like a mother-daughter like the mom was an idol that got and then so was the daughter or something <laughs> or like they played v- some violin together remember this yes
1: <laughs> yes yes and that's i i kind of had to take a shot in the dark if i was remembering that correctly or not because I was like, "Oh, wasn't Kiva one of the more serious ones?" And I was like, "Okay, no, I'm gonna call bullshit on myself right there because even the most serious ones we've ever watched slip in at least one of those." Well,
0: one one problem with not having David here is like not getting like some more thoughts on like what idol culture is. But I think that idol culture is very weird. But also, I think it might be weird in the way that like somebody like. In school, did you ever do that thing where, like, you were told about the customs of a place? Like, oh, here's this, like, valley between Mexico and Canada where they, like, keep old medicine behind their mirrors. you are like, oh, wow. And then, like, your teacher says something like, oh, that's America. I'm like, oh, wow, we are weird. You ever do that?
1: <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> that's just me. I feel like I do it way more often than I should. Like, yeah, yeah. And just about any time, like, someone is telling any kind of horror story without the context of location, I just automatically assume that it's America. So.
0: No, like, there's a weirdness to idol culture, but I'm sure if you actually, like, discombobulate it, like, you can map most of it to, like, stuff that happens in, like, America to, like, young actors or, like, young models and that kind of thing. But it's just, like, a very the music industry and, like, the model industry for, like, young girls and, like, a lot of um, Japan, like, South Korea, it, it's definitely its own thing, though, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. And I don't know, it's, it, I always find it weird when, uh, you know, younger actors, musicians, whatever, are kind of exploited in that way. Um, But I don't. You know, I don't know how working conditions vary across those borders either. So,
0: well, apparently, uh, in Denno, you could get disowned by your dad and live with your manager.
1: That's okay. Got me there. (laughs) That 12 year old?
0: (laughs) No, we really don't know. Um, It seems like it's uniquely exploitative just due to how young people are when they're engaging in a lot of it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like teens and preteens that are like, modeling and stuff and like here this is an example of somebody who we know like is an adult but it's definitely still like I know a big thing with like teens in Japan. So I, yeah. But no um she decides to help because um she wants to like help draw out Dark side But then um it just I love how Akira is like, oh yeah this was definitely Dark Side like immediately like like when there's no reason to and then like everyone else shows up to her first day of like being an idol. And then she gets possessed by Kintaros and starts to like sumo wrestle.
1: <laughs> I was kind of getting into the song, though, to be perfectly honest.
0: And like her agent says, oh, we're building sympathy by giving her like a bad gimmick. And I love that.
1: <laughs> I do too because it was just so transparently sleazeball. <laughs> I appreciated it.
0: And um, one thing in the song I had. To look up was like um she says something like oh like in the forty eight like ways of love and I guess there's like forty eight recognized ways to like win at sumo that like holds or throws or whatever.
1: Oh okay, that makes a lot more sense now.
0: And she also like um cracks her chin and says like nakaruse just like in like deno I was like very happy I was like okay, (laughs) then um she gets like a normal debut where she just like dressed like Mariah Carey or like something in like a like cool like camo like crop top thing and like dancing and like has a, her first song being played and uh, gets having involved and stuff and um, he's <laughs> there's this plot line where Akira says why are you looking after her like are you into her and he says no I think of her like a little sister and I was like damn it back to this again <laughs>
1: we just had this
0: but he stops her manager from looking at her um there's then this um great scene in the tv studio where the chief shows up oh my with his God. pipe and says this is a pretty weird plan all right and i was like i love this fucking dude.
1: <laughs> like, he kind of gave me the creeps how long he stared also but i did appreciate that just <laughs> how he just kept walking up to people and going quit looking at her so lustfully and clapping his hands
0: yeah and like immediately she's in the idle mood though like oh like please massage my shoulders like please like get me coffee and stuff and like um I have to be told hey stop doing this right and that drives a like wedge though between a- her and akira um and then um she like gets targeted by some stuff but as she's like Going into like the like studio one day, somebody's drawing dye on her car, which Akira finds and says, "Oh, it's the missing idol who just like had a boyfriend, so had to like leave the industry." Basically, mm-hmm. which is the thing. Like, um, in wrestling, there was a guy who was like thirty-eight, <laughs> and like it came out he, he like had like a nine-year-old son and like had been married for years, and like it was a big scandal because it was like in Japan, was, like you want to seem like you could be dateable or whatever
1: oh, <laughs> i don't know wow that's nuts
0: yeah so <laughs> that's like what happens sometimes you're like oh pretend you're completely available which is weird to me Ick. which is a- another one of those things that we say Ick, but also present in like our culture like i know that like recently there was some stuff of um content warning i don't want to get into the actual content of it but there was a streamer who was talking about domestic abuse and like part of it was revealing that she was married Mm -hmm. and some of her fans were mad at her for that so it is like a present thing here too
1: oh yeah for sure and it it's it's really unfortunate when you just realize how rampant it is not only you know if you're uh some any kind of influence or anything but uh for how many years have people, you know, in the limelight had to cover the fact that they were gay or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just any kind of anything that went against whatever the norm was. <laughs> and it's sad.
0: Yeah, I was just um reading the comic that Kevin Conroy did about, like, being gay for years and then, like, becoming Batman. And, like, how he, like, lost this, like, major, like, role and then, like, was just, like, so full of this, like, just deep sadness that, like, he just, like, read for Batman, and it all came out, and, like, he became Batman, he became, like, the Batman, honestly, for, like, a lot of people, like, Mm -hmm. me included. But, yeah. Um, After it's revealed that the other idol's back with her boyfriend, Akira says, okay, we can leave now. She's like, no, I feel alive when I dance. I love to, like, sing. (laughs) And then we, like, see him in the office, and it's messy, and, like, they keep fighting and then um he says something like I'm a lone wolf and I like to be in solitude I'll pay you back
1: in installments <laughs> just great uh, and then it shows him just immediately on his phone trying to call every woman obviously that's in his phone book
0: and this dude uh wild ability to open <laughs> just hey what's up It's like if he <laughs> Had any connection to to these people? He definitely like make it work. He's just like calling random people that like he got their number. Like it's we. I don't know if like any young people listening under a certain age were like around when it was like a thing to like get people's numbers and that was it. Like it's like what are you gonna do with it? Like nowadays it, that seems so weird. But getting your number was such a big thing for like a while. <laughs> you know,
1: it's true. I mean, now you can pretty much Google most people's numbers. So
0: i want to wait to talk about it but he's looking at a um his poster of le grand blue which is interesting but there's another thing this relates to later so that leads to um, her um being in the studio performing her song when the power is cut and she gets grabbed it turns out it's a turtle fan and this turtle fan monster wants to eat her slowly <laughs>
1: Which I was thoroughly, thoroughly creeped out by.
0: Yeah. Uh, he just, like, really likes her and wants to alarm her up. <laughs> and that's when Akira shows up and says, fans and idols don't work out. Punch, let's fight. Um, <laughs> uh, He calls in the Gale Knight, like, his, like, his blue jetpack robot friend. And it's so funny to me that the dude in the suit can barely walk at all like he like it's like one <laughs> punching on the monster and is like oh you're pretty good right it's like yeah hopefully i'm not asked to move anymore
1: <laughs> it was it was pretty uh fun to watch him come in though i i for some reason i always love his entrances
0: i love the like stuff that they're cl- like clearly doing with like their miniatures like it's so you could tell it's not real but it's so cool to me i don't know
1: well yeah and like even the film is different so it <laughs> yes. like goes in and out and it's so jarring but the one that they use for those stupid miniatures is so soothing that it almost makes up for it
0: i would love to see like a really like down to earth show like law and order or something but like that's how they get their like gun out it was like christopher loney's just like handgun <laughs> then like a miniature <laughs> like shows from a volcano comes out comes to him
1: oh that and how about every time they have to like actually gun someone down that's what it turns into
0: yeah that'd be great
1: <laughs> add a real detached quality to just everything
0: yeah uh because they are stone cold in this show like when he beats the monster a is just posing through the whole of the monster shows so like i mean that was a like a living being was that gonna go that's a little much guys I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah he he doesn't just he just doesn't give a fuck about anything
0: no um and honestly um i found the end of this episode i guess it was supposed to be like charming but i found it like super fucked up i'm not sure if like where you felt but like they're on the bridge and like he's talking about like when she came from the countryside and he was starting out and they met and he was just like looking for lost cats and dogs and she was like met him but he says you're not lost nor a cat and then leaves as she like takes his button out or whatever because like it's like falling out of his shirt but like then like the end of the episode she comes back and she starts to like meow and stuff and i was like this is a codependent relationship. You could be an idol and still, like, hang out with a dude sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. And another thing that um they kind of set up in this episode, and we'll see it carry over, is all of a sudden, well, I don't know if it's that sudden. I just don't remember being as obvious in the former episodes of her and Ari kind of having, like, this rivalry almost.
0: It's been there, like, a few times, but she's definitely, like super mean to her and their mean back is like I guess like when they're not shopping that woman be catty you know?
1: I mean I guess I just <laughs> I I maybe it just felt more uh blatant in this episode. I don't know. No yeah
0: it's probably a recurring thing that um each time it happens we'll notice it more and more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because it does start to get more intense here pretty quick.
0: I do appreciate though um how they just like had her come back like she's a pinup model wearing like white heels while she's vacuuming.
1: I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) True. Good for you.
1: I was like a bit impractical, but whatever. Maybe she's just trying to get her steps in, you know?
0: Much like Gale Knight, please don't make me move at all. Just there's one punch I got in me. That's all I can do.
1: (laughs) She's been sparring with him on the side.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then, of course, your favorite episode, episode eight. Daughter, pick a man.
1: Oh, good God. I I could not stop rolling my eyes during this episode.
0: Did you write down your thoughts on that, like, first, like, scene of that, like, one woman, like, in the apartment, or no?
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you describe this scene?
1: Sorry, I had to get past my initial rage first, but. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that, uh, was the most bizarre type of monster I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, I thought that the way that <laughs> they drew out her emotions was a little cheesy and uh, heavy-handed. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that flower thing, and then it just kind of appearing down in the guy's hands. I was like, Okay, that for some reason just thoroughly creeps me the fuck out
0: the jankiness is the like pretty creepy i think
1: <laughs> yeah the jankiness and just how unexpected that entire thing was
0: this episode starts there's a shot of a bunch of like what looked like beach side like apartments or like buildings and there's a woman who's on the phone with a lover in this like metal like ring chair and she has this like big crumpled paper looking lamp and she has this like um poster from like the french film like betty blues just like hide like, this like massive face with like hair everywhere like <laughs> looking back at her as she's crying and then like a plant starts to vibrate from her window and break in and steal her soul and, and like drink her tears
1: Ugh. yeah yeah
0: and this old man is so happy that he like drinks her soul as her like reflection shows in the flowers like ah this is so good
1: (laughs) that that reflection with her in it was just such a 90s soap opera thing that i i had a moment of genuine just appreciation for the team behind this because that just made my heart happy remembering seeing all that cheesy shit and soap operas every time i was sick you know staying at home
0: yeah, so I knew I recognized the poster in the office for the detectives. And then when I saw this poster, I was like, okay, I recognize this poster, too. Mm-hmm. So the poster in the office is for Le Grand Blue, and the poster in uh, the um, apartment for the lady was uh, Betty Blue. So these are both, like, French 80s cinema de look films. And so this is, like, um, Luc Basson, like leo's correct so like this was like a wave of films like based upon like not like neo-noir but like a like own separate thing of like a very like um style over substance but like very meaningful like attempting to be like movies
1: Hmm. okay
0: so like there's a bunch of like references in this show to like french cinema from the 80s in this one like movement, which I find very funny. Mm -hmm. Um so Le Grand Blue, like in the like office is this movie about these um two free divers who have like a lifelong friendship and like rivalry and like this one woman that falls in love with one of them and like leaves her insurance job and like how they're like going to kill themselves like trying to dive deeper and deeper and like how one of them has like a relationship with dolphins and like there's like a crystal dolphin in it so i was like okay i get why that is their point for akira (laughs) Uh uh-huh that's a weird comparison to make but i kind of get it like he's somebody who's like deeply focused on like this idea i think Mm -hmm. he wants to be that kind of person yeah um and also like um that's also like the number one french movie of all time like one of the number one french movies of all time like kind of like the best comparison i can like give for that would be like titanic kind of thing which is like a big cultural moment like it's not big um it wasn't big here because it's a like french film and people mm. like don't like metaphor or thinking <coughs> but
1: or subtitles for the most part yeah
0: so um in the chat i put the two posters and at this point um i'm wondering if there's like gonna be way more of this because it's very funny to me right now it's like uh for th- the lady that gets killed at the start of this episode the movie that she has is a uh, betty blue which is like this like psychological like erotic drama about like this author who like falls in love with this like 19 year old and like they like go live in like his mom's house after she dies and sell pietos. like she types his like destroyed book for memory and then like it's like all this kind of Weird stuff happens.
1: Oh, that's that sounds like a lot. I think I might have to be in a very specific mood to watch that. <laughs> True,
0: <laughs> you maybe laugh though at the idea of like, oh, so Changer on have no movie, let's watch this French 1986 thriller. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like these are very art house stuff. Uh, it's been years since I've watched, uh a lot of this stuff uh the most like famous movies of this like wave would probably be Nikita and Leon the Professional.
1: Oh okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, but they're both very late. Mm. Um so a big thing about this is that um they would like have a bunch of like classical music and like art motifs juxtaposed to like super pop culture stuff. So like a weird like let's talk about Batman but also like this art style. So I'm wondering if maybe like what this creative team is trying to do is do like Toku, de look where they contrast all the weird tropes and stuff of like Tokusatsu with art house films.
1: You know that actually makes a lot of sense, right? It. I mean, honestly, yeah it it does almost feel like they're trying to up the ante a little bit each episode and kind of like pushing the boundaries of ridiculousness a Mm -hmm. little bit more a little bit more so that's why like after we watched the first five i said hey we're we're definitely or first six we're definitely gonna have to watch more of this because i i kind of want to see where this train from hell is headed
0: i definitely want to like as we go forward like not have that just be like a tangent on like some like motifs but like talk about hey where are they bringing in like art stuff and what does it mean is it just like to get a vibe for style or is it like related to the plot like i it's hard to map a cure to a character from Le grand blue having last watched it years ago in a class mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i can kind of like map the like little vignette with that person on the phone with their lover to like what happens to Betty Blue a little bit, but it's also just like a weird thing to do, but it is a very (laughs) failed 90s show thing to do. Oh yeah. It's like the show to sell Sega products where we talk about French cinema for six year olds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, kind of wonder too though, like when, you know, you do figure out stuff like that. Cause you know, obviously the uh, intended audience would never have caught something like that. So mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if knowing that, uh, like, a director or, you know, set designer or something who maybe feels like they're a little bit above working on a children's show might be kind of trying <laughs> to entertain themselves, just assuming no one would ever catch it.
0: The problem is the, like, head writer, um, in a way, um, continues to this day frequently do this same shit so eddie's super popular
1: oh it's like his signature then
0: like the super sentai show that dave is watching every week is weird not this weird but <laughs> and and like, that's like the like super aimed as young as they can show is like much brighter but it's just very weird to be like okay just i guess this is the french cinema 90s show <laughs> <laughs>
1: So does he always do it with like genres of French cinema or does he just switch it up?
0: Honestly, um, I can't think of French cinema stuff, but like I'm sure it shows up other stuff. He's done so much stuff. Um, He like wasn't a lead on Kiva or Denno, but he did some episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe like looking with that lens, like we'd see more in the shows where he was like prominent. But yeah, it's just like a weird thing to think oh because there's also uh, next time it was supposed to be this time but next time we are also going to have a little french philosophy corner <laughs> i don't want to get into it but there's somebody who knows what i'm talking about and is like yes next time is a stranger episode <laughs> that's all i'll say but um <laughs> i hope that was a relevant tangent there because i wanted to say there's all this like posters from like french cinema what's going on Could not be the thing but yeah um where were we (laughs) Uh,
1: i'm sure said person is just going to listen to this and start uh coming up with responses to your questions
0: yeah like oh and here's this way in this show 2004 they had a lot of um old like italian like horror motifs oh okay cool thanks but no um
1: (laughs) thank you friend
0: yeah thank you i hope somebody is enriched by knowing that this is doing for Tokusatsu what the posters for the movies in the show were doing for cinema in France. So I'm wondering if that's just like the thing, you know? But yeah, um, regardless, um, <laughs> this old man gets accosted by the police, but it's Ari's dad. And Ari's dad is here because he says, you got to find a man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I had to pause the show. Get on Google. <laughs> And look up when the show was made. So I saw... It was 1996, right? Yes. Yeah. Went back to the show and just absolutely seized. Because I was like, there is absolutely no way. No. No. No.
0: <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Um, Remember um, uh, Dan-O and the-, the Sentai show Geki Ranger that airs with it? that has an episode about this too in
1: 2007 oh yeah (sighs) yeah
0: yeah so i think um you know what cultures are different yeah Um,
1: and i was about to say i think the family dynamic is uh, very different from how it is here i've heard that several times
0: yeah and like there's a different place where feminism is and like gender equality in japan Mm -hmm. And like a lot of other issues too, like I know that like there's like a slightly more relevance for like like they've just like have some kind of legality to like gay partnership and like marriage in Japan like very recently, so mm-hmm. you know things are different um, but it's also like wild to see in nineteen ninety six
1: yeah, yeah, and it, once again i I know that I tend to always kind of comment on stuff like that anyway, but you it, should. This one was just so hard because she's always been such a, you know, really tough in your face character. And on the one hand, you see kind of where she gets it from because he has a really aggressive personality. But on the other hand, to see someone talk to her like that and know she's in a position where she can't respond the way she usually would was just ugh that always makes my stomach hurt a little bit
0: and i mentioned how like at some point i like heard this saying that's apparently like popular in japan called like oh like women are like christmas cake no one wants them after 25th or whatever it's like (laughs) it's like a wild like sentiment to have Um, yeah
1: i know and i'm not laughing because i feel like that's okay by any means it's just because it's such a surprising way to phrase something
0: i mean it's probably like a colloquial it's not an official that It's not like an academic thing, but it's definitely
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't see it quoted in your uh, latest philosophy academic research.
0: No, I think it's just like what people say because people are <laughs> cruel as hell. True that. Hey, we should note that um the actress that plays Airy would have been twenty three at this point, so the character is probably about that. Oh, um...
1: <laughs> that's incredible! And he's talking like she's gonna be an old maid
0: yeah uh but no um she lies and then goes to young Gonza. (laughs) and tells about the lie
1: (laughs) the way that this ends up panning out is so freaking hilarious to me
0: so like young Gonza's like oh uh, that's how it's tricky and then like hayabi shows up like toilet paper and tea and then like she asks him oh you be my boyfriend he's like i'm not sure um I'm really straight though. And then she's like, oh, it's a lie. It's like, okay, it's a lie.
1: And <laughs> looks like really disappointed for a second.
0: Yeah, but um the chief goes to the agency after Akira bet's dinner with Meg the parfait deliverer on playing Virtua Fighter 2 on their Sega system. Let us know that like this was a, a sponsored content.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And I um I definitely had a flashback. Seeing that a uh, blinking screen with a console uh flying across it there,
0: so like this whole thing happens where like he loses it at Virtual Fighter, has to take the parfait deliver to dinner, and um, what Munkata does is he like just like pops his head and goes <laughs> and then like walks up to him with a bunch of coins and says, "Hey, can I buy you?" But then we get to this uh, the best scene of the episodes probably is that. is there to meet her dad. He's a straight-laced boyfriend who doesn't drink, but he's too honest. Says, oh, we started dating yesterday. And then Akira shows (laughs) up and says, like, hey, dad. (laughs) She steps on Hayami's foot and pinches Akira's... I think it was his butt. Hopefully it was his butt. I couldn't tell which part of the pants it was.
1: It was a weird move, is what it was.
0: And, like, her dad gets up to leave, and then, like, Akira tries to make it better by saying he's... Hayami's brother, and then the dad and Hayami are confused, and then she says, Oh, I'm dating Akira, after her dad says, Hayami is nothing special, but then pretends that Hayami is a stranger, and then <laughs> Akira says, No, he's my brother.
1: He keeps saying, I'm not your brother.
0: <laughs> and then Munkatosh he is like, Oh, I'm dating your daughter too. And then her dad's so bad. <laughs> who was your favorite here of the characters participating
1: the chief for sure
0: i love that akira knew everything that was being said and kept fucking with things He, he like called hayami his brother even after she said that like he was a stranger he was on top of everything. He was just an agent of chaos the whole time. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, he knew there was absolutely no way to save this, so he just decided to have as much fun with it as he could, and it was just absolutely brilliant to see. And the way that he even cracked a smile when the chief walked up. And the reason why that... That's going
0: to be so hard.
1: The reason why that moment was my favorite was because the chief walked up, saw what was happening, knew that both of these guys had already said to this man that they were dating his daughter, and he still walked up with a shit-eating grin and said the exact same thing.
0: Because At this point, he's the only one who knows that she's double-dipping. Yeah. Unless she didn't, he didn't know about Hayami, but he did know about Akira, so he's just fucking up right now.
1: He's just doing it to just stir some more shit. I'm absolutely convinced that him and Akira were like, uh, totally just had each other's backs on that entire thing to try and make it as uncomfortable <laughs> as possible
0: that would be so funny like I, I can't pay you in money i can't pay you in just like short and free. just come fuck with this one person that, that works for
1: me just absolute shenanigans just please let us inflict some chaos this evening
0: yeah and it's lovely uh because like in like a later scene Akira shows up and says, "Oh, like that's my girlfriend." And then calls Miami um his brother still like just to be an asshole. <laughs> but uh yeah. Just
1: he just oh god. He 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 just he sprinkles chaos like confetti. I just adore it.
0: The highlight moment for the episode as far as like gender quality is like when She says to her dad, "Hey, dad, this is how you break our bond if you get weird on me about like marrying somebody when I'm just like trying to work." Mm -hmm. And like he leaves, but he's sad, so like he buys her a flower. But like it's like he sees this like crying kid get like eaten up by this dude, and then chases him. Then gets like in front of Ailey like flower shop right after he loses him. Says, "I should buy my daughter flowers," and then. It's just the dude, but, like, in disguise. And he's like, oh, here's this fortune flower. And it's just the flower that eats tears.
1: It's not even that good of a disguise, either. I no. mean, it's essentially, like, some Clark Kent shit. He took off, like, the hat and, like, changed his glasses or something. Yeah. I mean, that's literally it.
0: And we see Aerie, like, in her apartment as, like, her, like, faucets dripping. And then, like, she, like, goes to leave for the morning and her dad's there with the flower. <laughs> and he like he apologizes okay he apologizes he understood that she put down this line and said hey is this is how you like destroy our relationship but then like he's like oh you can love whoever you want just as long as you don't work what are you talking about you can't help you suck you can't do this work
1: oh i know it was so bizarre like how did he think she's been surviving this entire time
0: yeah no uh he just Double dibs like, well, I'm a cop. You couldn't up the world, couldn't be like me. You're not good enough. And then like the flower attacks him because he's sad, and like she goes to struggle, and he shoots the flower off of his gun, which is cool.
1: It kind of, it kind of seemed unwarranted. Like I, I get that these things are dangerous, but it, mm-hmm. I was like, who shoots a plant? but It I was mean, like
0: sucking his soul out.
1: Yeah, I guess. Only have so much alarm, I guess.
0: It was alarming. True that. uh, But then, like, he gets taken off by the monster. And then she, like, calls for help and maybe, like, puts, like, a pen on him or something. But um, his wallet got dropped and she was like, oh, my God, my dad used to love to take photos. I'm so sorry. That's what she says. I shouldn't have yelled at my dad for, like, not respecting me as a person. He took photos of me.
1: I know. It was so bizarre. Like... Okay, you can accept that he is a good dad with maybe some toxic and outdated ideas about what, you know, how much influence he has in his grown daughter's life.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the point there was. Like, Oh, I shouldn't have been mean to my dad when he said I was a person who couldn't accomplish anything. We took photos. He said cheese.
1: I know. It was so weird.
0: She shows that she's not useless, though, because she tackles the monster and takes the eye off a laser and, like, shoots his gun at it and stuff.
1: Yeah, basically does everything that he said she would never be capable of doing.
0: Yeah. And then Akira shows up and wins the fight, and the parent and child reconcile. And he says to Eri, just pick a man. And then says to be continued as she, like, ponders that. It's like, what? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah i was like i uh, uh, like out of the three buffoons you just saw or like just in general or what is happening
0: maybe he's like a traditional like gamer like he loves his sega games he's just like okay pick a path are you gonna go with like, some kind of weird thing of like oh like it's like a loved visual novel so you have to pick who you're gonna be with you got three options i don't know
1: I I was waiting to see how you were going to get there, but I, I think I you know. pulled it through in the end. That was solid. I'll
0: we'll leave that up for the kids to decide. Hopefully no kids are listening. This is not appropriate. Um, I, but- I
1: cuss way too fucking much for kids to listen to this, honestly. Like, I would I would kill RPG writing so quick.
0: We are explicit, but we do often say if there's any kids listening, we'll kick your ass. <laughs> name a place
1: just go ahead and exit to the left <laughs>
0: yeah 3 p.m after school i'll still be at work but still i'll figure your ass
1: <laughs> and then i'll go steal your cookies
0: <laughs> uh, episode nine speaking of beating up kids hayami <laughs> scintillate hayami <sighs> is training and he's and he's training by swimming and lifting weights and playing squash and um then he sees that hakira is like cool side of some honeys and he turns into changer on to like be like haha and then like (laughs) i love that That's such a good move
1: i love that not only does he do that but then he strikes the most cheesy cheesy like 80s romance novel cover book cover poses and of course, the girls are all swooning all over him every time he moves. It was just so fucking funny to watch.
0: Could you imagine? I mean, that probably has a pretty high success rate because you could just transform like, like right in front of people. But it's very funny to be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> transform right now.
1: Can you imagine? Like just. Because we all know a big issue for, like, all of the characters in the show is they never have any money. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if he really did just make that his trick, like, every time he walked into a bar? A to be, like... trick. <laughs> Exactly. He'd just be like, if you let me drink on the house tonight, I can show you the coolest fucking trick you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and then... The bartender does it because of course then people are gonna come by and see the giant metal man. Everyone wins.
0: Or like, hey, put any CDs you want into my gun. It's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> uh preferably the ones you don't like.
0: Yeah, oh uh, but Hayami wakes up and he's in pajamas that look just like his uniform. And he goes to shower, <laughs> but he's in his pajamas in the shower, and he's like, I wish I was Chaygeron.
1: The first thing I noticed was that his hair was still in a ponytail, also. It was like.
0: He hates his scalp.
1: I was obviously, I was like, are you trying to just lose all of that beautiful hair? Just are you trying for that?
0: A lot of vitamins, a lot of oils, you know?
1: I guess. But I mean, at least he wears his clothes in the shower, says that it absorbs all that extra vitamins and oils.
0: He's a never dude.
1: like a pretty extreme version of one too
0: it's always full uniform
1: (laughs) full uniform full ponytail
0: yeah oh what happens next oh um punkata says he's gonna treat them and like how he gets mad at akira for wanting to order a lot of stuff but then like punkata reveals it's actually a challenge if they can eat (laughs) these big old ramens it's free
1: i could not get over what a clever trick that was on his part and he knew that he could rely on their those two and their natural competitiveness to try and keep eating just to out eat each other
0: and i just loved how he was like i'm treating you and it's like a food challenge and just i There's a great bit later where it comes up how they're poor. Most shows don't commit to this bit that they have no money. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad this show does.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. And I love the fact that there isn't even, like, an insinuation that things are about to get better for them anytime soon.
0: Because, like, they're not charging for this.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And on top of that, like, with other types of shows, you almost always see, like, they have put some kind of carrot in place. Like, you know, if we can accomplish these, whatever tasks, we'll land the big contract or we'll, you know, this will be what makes our company. And they kind of build on it from there. But with this one, they're just like, nope, they don't have any prospects because they don't really do anything marketable. So this is just how it is.
0: Okay, yeah, they're fighting hidden monsters. So they have like no funds.
1: Yeah. And you know, there are a lot of people who have like seen these monsters by now, so it's kind of weird that it isn't talked about more. Like I know every show handles this differently. We've had a we've had some things we've watched where it is like very out in the open and people on news reports are like, "Yeah, we got attacked by another one today or at least acknowledge that something is happening." Yeah. And then we get ones like these where it's just like you know they they're like those uh Skyrim guards. If you hide from them long enough, they forget that you fired an arrow at them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's kind of weird.
0: Most kid shows would not do what this show does as they're trying to eat their ramen, which is make the monster sentient knives because that might make kids play with knives. But it's just no, oh, a bunch of knives attack this chef and make him vanish, and then like Akira ate too much to fight and they get pinned and like their alarms getting taken out, but then like. Gale Knight shows up and halfway through and their alarms get mixed up.
1: <laughs> I think that they were probably able to get away with the knives just on the basis that uh, the knives didn't actually inflict any damage. Yeah. So it it probably was able to slip by, like, the rating system on that.
0: True. Um...
1: Still fucking terrifying, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, like, this monster also, because... Once again, Gale Knight can't move. He has one punch, and then the monster just like takes his arm off. He's like, "Oh, you clearly can't move, sir."
1: Yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't have anything with a little bit more like dexterity.
0: No, they don't.
1: Oh man, that's unfortunate.
0: But they're out of it, and the next day we see Akira is acting like Hayami and working out and cleaning. Um, Hayami is acting like Akira and eating parfaits, has his hair down ass out airy and um just like Hakira finds the bankers so who're like oh we're going to have our heads cut off it's like i'll do manual labor
1: <laughs> yeah i was uh, when it showed him exercising and everything i was thinking that maybe they were just setting it up like he had this really you know kind of close call moment and maybe he just decided to get a little bit of motivation i i wasn't quite thinking that yet until it got to the part with the bankers and I was like, whoa. Okay, now I I see. I get it.
0: <laughs> I thought this was going to be a flat body swap but instead it's like a mood swap. So it's like even like maybe the lore of the alarm was like, oh, like that wouldn't happen. A body swap. That's ridiculous, guys. Come on. They would just slowly have flashes of different personalities. Come on. This is much more realistic.
1: It's kind of like, a, you know, playing cyberpunk. <laughs> the video game like one minute you're you're your character the next minute you're you know johnny silverhand so yeah Yeah. i i kind of like that because you don't see this done in tv shows this way and i thought it was really Mm -hmm. interesting
0: um so ari and hayami get attacked by the shears and there's a moment where like the shears go to like cut her clothes but it just kind (laughs) of like cuts her shoulder but okay i assumed you were going for what you always go for it, but you weren't.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I. F- it feels like they wanted to, but once again, maybe they were like trying to skirt around some kind of rating system.
0: Guys, turns out that the like children watching the show don't want her conveniently censored nakedness,
1: <laughs> but their parents really, really do. So maybe next time we let it slip a little bit more.
0: A little bit more. <laughs> um. But so. Akira can't transform, so Makana sh- shows up and is like, "I'm Young Ganza, and you are now a And he transforms, fights. He's so happy, but the monster pleads for forgiveness, so he lets
1: him go. <clears throat> yeah, that was just—it was such an insane, but somehow also ridiculously predictable thing to watch. And then for it to just take no time for the monster to be right back out to some bullshit,
0: because like they're fighting over like. Whether dark side or people, as they find out, like their alarms are switched, like there's this moment where um Hayami's in this like bright pink speedo of a bunch of babes he's about to transform. <laughs> um and then once they know that like they're mid-switch and they're gonna turn into each other, Akira just has a revolver to try to kill himself, and then they stop him, then Hayami does. There's like a gun to their head.
1: It was so wild. <laughs>
0: And the girl's are like, oh, wow, you're going to like the head for becoming yourself. I don't know what's going on.
1: It's insane.
0: <laughs> and like immediately, like they see a woman being attacked in the same restaurant, like their waitress, I think. And then once again, Hayami lets the guy away. But first, he like kneels in Tabasco and cries in the kitchen that like this lady got killed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that. That kind of helps to illustrate, like up to this time, like you were probably kind of supposed to feel a little bit on his side about how unfair it was that he didn't get to be the uh, superhero like he'd been training to be, Um, and then you start to really see why that would have been a terrible fucking idea.
0: Yeah, because Akira is at least like aware of people a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and he's a lot more street smart. I think that Mm -hmm. that has. Uh, a pretty big impact on his decision-making, whereas um Hiromi always, he seems like he's always kind of been sheltered. He's naive in a lot of ways, so.
0: Yeah, and, like, I love that it, in the next fight, like, even after, like, he vows, he immediately, like, lets the monster fool him again and gets, like, thrown into water and, like, beat up, and he's, like, defeated.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it, it was painful to watch, but you kind of understand that uh, he... Probably needed that big of a wake up call.
0: And then he says goodbye, my on And then they show this like cool base toy building. I'm like, where did the money for that come from? And immediately Muntad is like, I mortgaged my house to finish this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was dying.
0: They spent forever be like, yeah, we can't afford batteries for all these robots. And then like they show this new base because like. The robots need a place to come from. Not like they've been coming from nowhere this whole time. We haven't even noticed. But he's like, yeah. The crystal station. I mortgaged my house to finish this.
1: That's incredible. I I just I love (laughs) that Well, I keep saying just the uh how much it pushes it each episode, but just how it it's still pretty clever in a lot of ways too. And every once in a while they get a really really great moment like that and that just makes you wonder <laughs> like are they playing the joke on us at this point
0: that might have been my funniest thing since the dog getting kicked just like <laughs> they show this like base when, when did you have a base you have a basement and then he's like i mortgaged my house to build this
1: it was just, uh, oh my god
0: but uh then Gale Knight comes from the base, reverses them back to normal, and Akira wins the fight by not falling for it. And also, recently in the ocean, Hayami is completely dry. Like, ten seconds later, the fight's over.
1: It's That's her superpower. Or his power.
0: But then, another beggar to end this episode is, they're eating lunch together, and Akira goes, Hami, hey, mean, do you like carrots." He's like, yeah. And because gives some, like, star-shaped like Charis. They're like, okay, oh, this is like... This feels like a like scene from fandom, like a fanfic. Okay. And then it keeps going.
1: This isn't I we have talked a couple of times about how these two in particular have had some very very obvious like fan fiction baiting scenes. Yeah. Where they're very like intense and in your face, like it's not even like an undertone. It's like as close as you can get without like shirts coming undone <laughs> and this one especially because it had like such a romantic setting and they did the slow pan out and they were playing that lovely music uh, just uh, you can't tell me that this was not just another instance of that
0: they're using better voices as they like eat lunch he's like do you like peas he's like yeah here's the peas and like, the slow scene the slowest this show has been has been showing him give him peas and peppers and stuff and then like it's like this total, like, fan service, clear... Mm-hmm. It's clear baiting. <laughs> it's not queer baiting.
1: And the way that they keep, like, looking up at each other and smiling when the other one has their eyes down, I'm like, oh, come the fuck on.
0: Like, it's so slow, and they're, like, all, like, low in eye contact. Like, it's just, like, what is this, like, end of a Western, <laughs> like, move thing going on? And then, like, halfway through, like, Jaime's I mean, like, oh, are you giving me the food you don't like? He's like, yeah. And he gives them everything as, like, they're just, like, bedroom voices low, slowly, like, <laughs> looking at each other's <laughs> eyes like it's a Folgers commercial. Just, yeah. That's how this episode ends. <laughs> it's, so, like, this show isn't even, like, other toku is like, oh, these boys are sad because they have to fight in a war or whatever. This is just, like, these guys are so much... <laughs>
1: These guys have their own B-plot happening, like and it's happening right in front of our faces.
0: The second episode ended with the main character trying to get the other dude to cross-dress again because his legs were so nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But this peas and like peppers and carrots scene is like so like gentle and like intimate and then it becomes like a joke and like it feels like somebody wrote a fan fiction and then somebody joked about the fan fiction on twitter it's so like fandom like bing
1: yeah and in and doing it by tacking the joke at the end they give themselves plausible deniability like if if anyone called them on it they could be like well obviously it was satire
0: i think they're just a canon ship at this point like there's so much for it
1: there really is yeah
0: like i think that akira at least also has a lot of women he wants to have sex with but like he's also like canon shift of him
1: i think akira like on the overall uh view of things i think is more just lonely than anything like super lonely he comes off as a horny toad but i think that that's kind of just a bit of awkwardness on his part like he's maybe like found ways to imitate some of the uh not best people in society and just hasn't yeah. quite matured out of that yet. <laughs>
0: so like the reason I brought up that like Le Grand blue was like relevant to him is that like the main character in that is like this person has a very close relationship like with like another man but also like his closest relationship is like to diving and this crystal dolphin and the idea of being a part of the ocean or like the like ideal of diving or of dolphins and i think that's kind of what akira is doing but like with this idea of like being a man like being a detective Mm. having lots of like different like girls around like having like spending money he's kind of like that like that's his like crystal dolphin is like this like idea of like being a dude and Like, oh, yeah, I spend money and I hang out with women and I do detectives, you know,
1: that would make sense, too, because that I mean, that job obviously already has a lot of like machismo attached to it. Mm -hmm. But he also has an idea of it based on his father's experience doing the same thing. So not only did that shape his idea of like manhood, but also he probably thinks that society still operates that way and he can still like say certain things that maybe aren't the best
0: one of the first things that he says is i want to only marry somebody if they have a golf course of a bunch of maids i can hang out with like he's got this he, he seems like he's like clinging to this idea of what it means to like just be he's like oh mm-hmm. i have to like just be hanging out with all these people and like all this stuff and yeah I think that's like why he has that like movie as a comparison, like that's his crystal dolphin, like he's crystal himself, and like like maybe that's it. It's like oh, here's this crystal boy, as he relates to this movie about like a crystal dolphin. You know?
1: Yeah, I I mean honestly, it sounds like I I can see where you'd be able to draw those kinds of parallels. I haven't seen either of those movies, but just uh, judging by your fine overview, I could see what you're saying.
0: They're good movies, also. Uh, I don't know how often you're. In the attention span at the end of a long day, be like, man, I just want to see a French movie about two men that (laughs) want to dive and their lives and everything. Yeah, no, um, I think it's intentional, like, a pair to that movie and like that, but it's also the show uh, is so weird and I love it.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's where I'm at. Honestly, same because once again, I'm always surprised at, uh, the weirdness factor of it, but I also find that I enjoy it more and more each time. So I'm I'm kind of breeding for them to keep going along this path of pushing the boundaries every time.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna continue calling it Toku Tuesday. hey look, no no uh, Toku Day look because it seems like I just trying to do cinema Day look, but for Toku in this weird way. But yeah, and it is Toku Tuesday. <laughs> That is us for this week though. Um, please keep following along or uh whether or not you are following along, let us know. I want to know like what you get from this show, not <laughs> watching it, but watch this show if you can.
1: <laughs> you should just because if you for any reason think that we're exaggerating when we talk about some of these things, we're underselling it, honestly.
0: And if you have more than a close to a decade old generalist grasp of the french films i'm talking about please let me know uh about like what you think about like cinema de luke and all this stuff that i'm missing and like like what's going on there because i definitely uh <laughs> am giving a a bird's eye view of it at best but that's the show though and steph uh as always our questions have to be uh who are your top three characters
1: oh top three i've really uh i might have already picked her once but it if I did. No, I no, go for it. Uh, I, I really liked, uh, Ari. This uh set of episodes, I you kind of are starting to get to see more of her attitude, and I enjoy it. And I I like that she got her own little storyline. I know that that was probably meant to be like a filler episode or whatever, but um, I thought it was really cool to get to see a different part of her since she kind of is uh outside the spotlight a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and the second one has to be the, uh, the plant villain. (laughs) Um, I loved his look. I loved the way that they did the lighting every time he was, like, in, in, like, stalker mode. I loved his absolutely just ridiculous, grandiose reactions to everything. He was just so much fun to see on screen. Like, I liked him way more than you should like the bad guy in an episode
0: yeah and what was your last one
1: uh last one man that's tough i so i didn't like like the implications of the storyline but i also really liked maybe i liked the actor uh that played ari's dad Mm -hmm. i thought that just i mean he was so great with like all the emotions he kind of had to go through just in the short amount of time he was on screen you know, he he really just stepped into that part and kind of took over the scene every time he was in one. And he was really good at playing the straight man against all this insanity around him, especially in like those restaurant scenes. So I, I thought that it was really cool how well he sold that, you know, even knowing it was probably a small part for him.
0: Yeah. um, Good one. I liked Aerie a lot here. I do I like she had a lot to do and actually like her first real focus because she's like a side character and like there's so much of the boys because they're a ship and like there's a <laughs> lot of like Kemi too. Um, I really like Akira 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 is so good at being a protagonist. who's just a shithead.
1: <laughs> truly, truly. He's he's a lovable shithead
0: and i'm always saying like oh and like it's cool how like in the common writer like they have like this dude who's socially awkward and like that's like his whole thing but here they also have this dude who is uh not your typical hero and it's just he's just a complete asshole like complete like waste roll like in debt all this stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the exact opposite of what you would expect to be a superhero for sure
0: and my third has to be young gods himself munkata Who's so funny this time? (laughs) When he shows up, perfect on like the kemi. When he like shows up and be like, "Huh?" And like what he says, like, "Oh, I mortgaged my house to make this (laughs) toku base that we don't need." Uh, What of the of the fights and the effects? What's your favorite this time, though, Steph?
1: Um, I actually have one of each, if you don't mind. Totally. Okay. Favorite fight was with uh the monster and Ari and her dad. I thought that the way that they kinda like partnered up and yeah. seemed to like understand how each other moved almost instinctively was really cool to see. And my favorite effect was, I mentioned before, those um those soul eating flowers. I it, like I said it creeped me the fuck out, but it, in all the best ways, it was such a weird like strangely disconcerting effect that it it definitely stuck with me so
0: so many times in the toku stuff they just like show a new toy and I just love how they like I mortgaged my house for this new toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great I love that I I'll never go over that um <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, once again staying true to the uh being impoverished bit and I'm here for it.
0: Also like um there were a couple good like scenes where the monsters got messed up. Like there's a hole in that like one turtle monster. There's like the like one monster that like makes them swap like they cut his arm off. It's like a good bit to have some uh suits that will uh be in pieces there. Mm-hmm. Um and last question what was the best outfit this time?
1: Uh I I'm gonna have to go with the sumo suit. 100 percent
0: she had some good looks though like no offense like other shows like for example in like garo a lot of the ladies there were either like sticks and bones Mm -hmm. or like weird goth priestesses
1: (laughs) yeah or um like giant ladies i've seen a lot of a lot of these shows do this thing where they're trying to portray someone glamorous but they'll put them in like these really neutral colors and have them in like these business suits. Yeah. And it's kind of like the opposite of what you'd be thinking of as being like, uh, I don't know, trying to go with the sex sells theme. So I feel like they kind of were closer to life in this episode by making her really stylish and with up-to-date clothing.
0: She was dressed like somebody you would like know in, in, like, oh, she's just, like, wearing this hot outfit. Like, cool. she thought just, like, in this weird thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my thought, seeing it, was, like, she actually is legitimately dressed like what I remember American pop stars dressing yeah. like in the 90s. Like, it was very true to form. So, it was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Finally, something a little bit uh, closer to real life.
0: And, of course, can't not talk about Hayami Speedo. bright red and purple and whatever's going on
1: Uh, you know i respect how much heart it takes for you to show up on camera wearing something like that i i mean just hats off because honestly we we can't take much else off at this point
0: it's just so little clothing he's such a like skinny big lanky man like just like this weird cryptid at that point i think
1: yeah, yeah, and I feel like that was also a bit of un- unnecessary fan service.
0: <laughs> it's very important for the show's main relationship of the two boys, I think.
1: I mean, I guess so, but his, his arm candy wasn't even there to see it, so it, it kind of felt wasted.
0: You know, gotta make him jealous.
1: <laughs> That's how he keeps feeding me the broccoli
0: yeah and yeah, Steph, uh when you're uh, not talking about two south of the where we'll find
1: you. You can find me at com or on Instagram at nobody much um and oh, maybe don't follow me if uh you were expecting a red wave because I've been posting a lot of really obnoxious memes about it, so maybe wait for a little while. If, if you're going to do that
0: yeah if you're expecting a red wave uh, think about uh people in your life who uh aren't white dudes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um you could find me on twitter.com h you could find the podcast at com social media uh maybe expanding out to not be on twitter soon depending um
1: <laughs> we don't make enough to pay for our check marks people
0: what was your favorite of the fake check marks that you saw?
1: The one that uh tanked that company that was price gouging people for insulin.
0: Yes, it was Eli Lilly, I think.
1: Yes, because honestly, fuck drug companies for doing that to people in the first place. And I hope that more of you get it done to you before Twitter completely goes bust.
0: I think Lockheed Martin had one where they said they were gonna sell arms to Israel.
1: Oh yeah. I saw that one, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's insane how just much of the Wild West this place has already turned into. And I haven't gone on Twitter in a very long time, and now I definitely won't be doing so. But I am enjoying the hell out of all of the memes coming from this already.
0: Mario from the Tet of America flipped people off or the one where it was um, my favorite, of course, is a uh, from Verified Mr. Bean wants to get their pussy eaten by mr bean tonight <laughs> yeah
1: that is incredible incredible
0: and for a long time people were like hey maybe just keep verified as something separate from this check mark if you want to add it. it it's dumb to add but also don't get rid of verified mm-hmm. and he's like no i know better and then he's like well i guess too many people were mad about mr bean and lockheed martin and he's getting sued by like Lockheed Martin, that's good for you. That's a good vibe for you.
1: That's, you know, and the bad part is, I think that he does the things he does because he always assumes that he has more money than whoever he's going to court against. So he can just bury them until they're out of money to keep fighting him. He can't do that with Lockheed Martin.
0: I think that everybody who loses billions of dollars should. But yeah. Um, Go to carriere.com for episodes and articles. <laughs> slash merch for our merch. Slash episodes for links to different platforms. Please rate and view on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you rate and view on Apple, we will make you a tuku hero. Please add some details like pronouns and stuff if you want that. And yeah, uh, what we learned today, Steph?
1: I think that uh, maybe it wasn't us so much, it, but it, after that little rant, I think anybody who ever had a question about what our political leanings were just learned a really important lesson. <laughs>
0: And I think, sometimes, you just gotta have a bunch of boyfriends that really confuse your (laughs) dad.
1: Especially if one of them is your much older boss.
0: Sometimes, she's gotta mortgage your house for a bit.